Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents... Ready to get this rig rolling? Well, time for it. Time is not now. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Sports Talk Saturday. Who is the editor and where can I hit him? On WGR. Somebody got paid for this. Somebody got paid to write this. And I hate them. Sports Radio 550. Well, I'll crack an egg and hit him. Well, this is Sports Talk Saturday and uh, I bet you can't. Welcome in Hour 2 Sports Talk Saturday here. <laughs> TJ's very confused at the Letter Kenny reference. No, 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 no. I get the Letter Kenny oh, reference. But just you're just the, like, why did you do that? I'm just like, no, this open is fascinating. Yeah. It, it, hey, sometimes you got to bust out the old producer chops and, and mix things up. It's okay. No, that one's, I think that one's like about a year or so ago I mm-hmm. made that. So, but anyway, Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, we're hanging out here with you and... I, right now, my mind is in that in that meme idealism of you know you, if you saw the tweet of the show and everything like that, like the fire around and the dog saying this is fine. Like oh, that's yeah. that's me right now with the teams. Like yeah, both of them lost the last games that we've watched them with, but Bills face the Giants and the Patriots. They're going to get two quick wins back real fast, and. There's 82 games to a hockey season. We're not yeah. going to panic about one game. Like, yeah, I'm salty about the 1-3-1, one, one, but am I saying that the Sabre season's over? God, no. That yeah. would be very irresponsible of me to say. I'm, I'm not quite on fire. This is fine yet. I'm, you know, let the Bills... I mean, the, the defense, it the, hurts. The defense hurts, but the schedule, like you said, is going to be kind upcoming. That'll help. It, it lets um, up. And with the Sabres... You're exactly right. One of 82. We're not, uh, you know, we are hoping for probably a better performance out of yes. Thursday, more than one goal. But, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't go that way. And then you, uh, as the hockey players say, you just got to go to the next one, think about the next one, think about the next shift, all that stuff, <laughs> all those and, hockey uh, cliches. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Try and to all the, uh, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> try to win some hockey games. That's right. So, but when it comes to the Sabres, there were some legitimate gripes, though, with that first game that you saw from Shades of last year. And those are some of the nitpicks I do kind of want to get a little more in-depth with today. And it's more or less one of the, the most important one to me is this. Stop making me 
think that the power play exists for one reason and one reason only, and that is for the uh, the Tage bomb at the wing. It's not always how it has to be. And during the preseason, when Zach Benson was helping out with the power play time, he was utilizing the middle. The team was utilizing the middle. And I had a legitimate hope that, okay, maybe you've added more wrinkles to a power play that became very predictable. Does it work? Yeah, it still works. If Thompson hit on one of those one-timers, maybe it's a different story. Because the next thing you know, 3-1 turns into 3-2, and we've got ourselves a different hockey game. But instead, it just continually is this use of three players on the outside, and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner almost don't exist on the power play. And Tuck, the front net presence, I I understand why he wouldn't be getting the puck as often. But Skinner is a shifty skater, always has been, and under Granado has become a better passer than he had been in his entire career. It's also just that the back of the net in Gretzky's office doesn't exist for this power play unit. Well, not only that, I think when you bring up Jeff Skinner as a power play guy and you think about how power plays work, they're very controlled. Jeff Skinner thrives on chaos, though, which is why he's such a good five-on-five player, and he's able to get loose pucks and things like that. He's able to make little shifty moves because of the way he's able to skate. I don't know. There was like a long time ago, I don't know if you remember this clip, but John Tortorella talking about uh, Carl Hagelin on the power play and just going, he stinks on the power play, and I can't do the John Tortorella accent, but it's real good, and that's how I feel about Skinner. Skinner is a great player and probably last year on the power plays when he's gotten his most production on that unit but for the most part for his entire career all of his production has mostly been five on five a guy that benefits from that so I kind of am okay with what the Sabres do on the power play but there's other guys I'd like to shift into that top unit to see what they can do Um, I think they're also they're also very much into the idea of having power play quarterbacks at the top, which is why you have Darlene on one and power on the other. Yep. Um, I really do wonder what would happen if they ended up putting both power and Darlene on the same power play and three forwards. I see what they're trying to do with the, the power play here, but on top of that, the Sabres special teams in general has been, it feels, it's felt off since last year especially the penalty kill the penalty kill has been off for years mm-hmm. it feels like and it's the thing that always almost always kills them in games is taking too many penalties it's the thing you saw last year for them is when you know the second period comes and they just take three four five penalties in a row and just allow a team back into the game that's the stuff that has to stop with them and i don't know based on what was happening thursday just looking at everything I'm hoping that problem sort of alleviates itself as it goes on, as there's more coaching, as we go through the year. But that's a thing to be concerned about from last year going into this year and something you want to see changed, especially the power play. My last point on the power play. Yep. That thing they've been doing, getting the bomb to Tage, or year before that, getting the bomb to Victor Olofsson, you do have to find something else. And I do wonder if that... It might benefit them to switch up their system on the power play from the, you know, the 
the top, the top of the system that they use with the, the quarterback with Dalene and Power. Maybe if they get more passing going and everything, more behind the net usage, I just don't think that's something that they've been able to generate as much since they've gone with, let's just get the puck to Tage. Yeah, and the thing is, is that an umbrella power play system, which is effectively what they run, it does help when it comes to making teams chase and make them go back to forth, back and forth. But if it's but if a team stays disciplined on it and just basically treats Tage like Ovechkin and knows, okay, that puck's going to come their way, we're going to just basically play you four on three. We're going to dedicate one player to Thompson, and we know you're going to get the puck over to him, and he's not going to get his looks. That's why you do need something else, and that's why I was having a lot of hope with Benson in particular because during the preseason we saw the power play utilizing the middle of the ice, putting passes to Benson in the middle, and... The, the Skinner power play goal that he has in the preseason, nice little flashy back behind the behind the back, like no-look pass, knowing where Skinner's going to be. That helps you cause a penalty kill to collapse within, and that's what gets the movement going. You can start making players have to move in different ways that they're not used to when it comes to looking at film on the Sabres and how to deal with their power play. So hopefully there's adjustments made and lessons learned, I guess, so to say, from the 5-1 to one loss. And the penalty kill, as you mentioned that, TJ, I did think that it looked a lot better uh, on Thursday night. They did give up their first goal of the penalty kill. They were they started off 0-1, and it caused it to be a 2-0 game. And then once that happened, the 1-3-1 kind of just took over from there. But for the course of the rest of the night, though, the Sabres penalty kill really was very solid, and I, I do think there's a little bit more hope I should see uh, coming from their penalty kill unit because they were a little steadier. They were able to cause disruptions, and again, outside of one unfortunate play where Kreider tips it right in front of Levi, well, there's not much that anyone can really do about that except um, making sure that you're staying in position. There were three players kind of wandering up north, uh, but again, after that one, those those guys on the penalty kill, they did steady up. Levi to start tonight, by the way, as uh, as the Sabres had an optional skate. A couple forwards were out there. Savoy's still on IR. I'd expect the same lines and pairings here today. Yep, no reason to switch it up. But... No reason to switch it up, but there uh, there's reasons for some questions at this point, too. Sure. you're play- Especially if you're going to play a team like the Islanders, who are pretty much going to throw the same thing at same bucket, you yeah. as the Rangers. And I will say this. I think I it's only one game, so I'm not going to overreact to it, but I don't know how comfortable Victor Olofsson looked with Cousins and Paterka. I, I don't think that – I don't think that Cousins had particularly a strong game, but um, Victor Olsen seemed like he was wandering and not getting into passing lanes to get into the zone, for example. And it, it did look a little off with that line. It definitely was the worst line when it comes to puck possession. And it just happened. It's by happenstance that Paterka's goal happens in the midst of a line change. Yeah. And shot gets blocked. Paterka's there and slams it home. Yeah. I, I'm curious about how... Olafson stays in the lineup this year because last year, towards the end of the year, Don was starting to take him out a little bit. I think it is also curious that uh, Tyson uh, Tyson Jost is 
uh, sitting for the first couple games because he won't be playing tonight. Um, I thought he was a guy that added value to your bottom six, um, especially with you know the way he's able to sort of score in his role. Um, but also, I thought he brought a good presence to the team last year when he was in the lineup. Uh, so it is surprising to me that he's once again finding himself as the 13th forward on another NHL team. Yeah, it, it is unfortunate for him. And the versatility that he brought to the Sabres upon being claimed last year was almost invaluable. I think it also has to do with the fact that Peyton Krebs does not look comfortable on a wing because that's a player that's you could true. easily elevate into a different line, say into Olofsson's position, for example. And if he was comfortable on the wing, he'd be able to thrive with that. But And then you'd be able to plug Joseph as a 4 seat. It's just one of those things where this is where that Pat Kane thing came from, where like I hate the idea solely based off of talent up front. Where does he fit? Obviously, you know where he fits. You're basically putting Kane where Olofsson is. But at some point, you want to be able to thrive with the team that you built. And also, he's coming back around the same time Jack Quinn's back. And I'm going to take Jack Quinn before I take Patrick Kane because I want my first-round player in there to make the production happen. So, but it seems like every week a different insider gets that, gets that, oh, the Sabres have interest. And it's like, can we stop, please? It's becoming very repetitive. I don't want to waste energy on it anymore. Stop telling the insiders this. It's a it's an agent PR move at this point, and that's all the time I'm going to waste on it. It's between them and Florida. That's that's what I keep seeing, and that's what sure. I've seen for weeks. Yeah, it feels and, like. and for months we've seen that the Sabers are interested. Yeah, why not make the move then? It just it, it's just getting to a point of like, okay, yeah, cool. I'm changing the channel metaphorically on this, and it's like just let me know when it happens, and then I'll and I'll have something to say about it, yeah. or let me know if it doesn't happen, then I yeah. won't ever talk about it again. Yeah, let let us know when it officially does or does not happen, because that's the time that it actually matters at this point. It's no longer a conversation piece to me. It's no longer worth my time. I only have to bring it up because of the fact that it's being brought up, but it's it's just a little annoying that it constantly comes around. And it's like. Oh, yeah, you know what happened uh, against the Rangers? Yeah, let's add another defensively irresponsible forward that's always been irresponsible defensively throughout his entire productive career. That sounds like a great idea. I love that idea. I'm obviously being sarcastic. But, yeah, no, they need a little bit more structure within their own end, and Pat Kane doesn't add that. Oh, they only scored one goal. Yeah? Well, I mean... You're also facing Igor Shosturkin. That's it's one of my it's one of my like and the damn trap <laughs> when it when it comes up and you talk about him being the replacement for Olafson there. What is he really providing differently or different than what Olafson is providing? Uh, the issue with Olafson is he really only provides his shot. Um, he's not getting open to use that shot, and he's not good defensively. What's the difference between him and Pat Kane in that regard? Other than Kane provides you more offensive skills, but you also have to consider Kane is at his age coming off a hip surgery. Yep. Who knows if all those skills return? You may end up having the same exact player and just having an extra roster spot filled that now makes it harder for you to make movement. And utilizing a player like a versatile Tyson Jost 
uh, again, gets buried further down the lineup again. I don't. I don't want to say that Tyson Joe centering yeah. the lineup will be some sort of catalyst for anything, but I do think it's, it's interesting. A useful piece. Definitely a useful piece and interesting that he's the one sitting. Um, but you make a great point with the Krebs point in that probably can't play wing and he's best served playing center. So it's a it's a problem that you just like we keep saying hope it works itself out without having to go in that direction. Yeah, and. Again, it's going to be a long season, but it, it was it was unfortunate that we saw some of the uncomfortable circumstances that we saw last year with this team. You know, potentially leaky defense, maybe goaltending wasn't truly the problem, and then your offense couldn't carry you for the night as it was dealing with a a certain scheme that frustrates them even through parts of last season when they were the third highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. It. It's just a nice little, um, hey, here's the foul taste from not making the playoffs last year. And it's like, thanks. Just like how the Bills opened the season and it was like, hey, here's all the foul taste from losing to the Bengals in the playoffs. Every sour taste in your mouth. Thanks. Really appreciate it, guys. Come on. Can we get off to better starts maybe and not bring up the ghosts of the past? That'd be great. And the Sabres do have a lot to prove this year because if they take a significant step backwards, every one of us will go ahead and look at them and go, same old team, why did we get fooled again? And you don't want that. No one wants that. Um, Sabres Twitter is already apathetic enough. Like, I don't need it to go further into that chasm. It was about as hopeful as I've seen it leading into the season two. So I don't want to take that away, but... Please don't blow this. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, like they're, they they provided so much joy last year for so many people in this area, especially for people who have just been waiting for them to be provide them joy for so long, where it's feel it feels like they were on the brink of it, I don't know, eight years ago, and then that was catastrophically bad. But somehow rising from that and having last year's team and everything and seeing people sort of gravitate back towards them. Easily one of the coolest things I've seen in years with that team, um, especially since the Bills have been good in, tw- in you know making the playoffs in 2017. And really, they've sort of recaptured the area, um, especially with being as good as they have. So it's great to see the Sabres trying to enter that. And it's never going to be as, you know. The NHL is a, a great league, and Buffalo hockey is always top tier for most play, you know, among most places. But I feel like it's dropped off over the years, um, and you're also never market. gonna you're also never gonna compete with NFL fans on any basis, really. Yeah, but I mean, even here, like uh, we can use the you, we can use this station as a microcosm. Like we've got football Friday, we've got Buffalo Bills football Monday. Uh, we don't have anything like that for the Sabers because they haven't done anything to over the past decade, to elicit such a response. Um, 100%. And there is going to be a moment when that finally breaks, and when that glass ceiling breaks, it's, again, the sky's the limit because they are such a young team. Again, the youngest team in the NHL. You would have thought maybe adding veteran additions would help. Uh, Yeah, it probably did bump it up a little bit, but then Craig Anderson retires, and it took a whole year and took it away from the average age. So... It's still the youngest team in the league, again. And you threatened to make the playoff spot with the youngest team in the league last year. Do it again. I mean, I would love for you to make it instead. 
But at the same time, there is going to be some margin of error, once again, with a young hockey team, with a uh, goaltender playing in an 82-game season for the first time, and being expected to be the guy for an 82-game season that he's going to go through for the first time. That's that's the one thing that the Sabres did not address this offseason, where I'm still, I still have so many questions. I don't have as many questions because... I think that it's more or less they do think that if the defensive structure is better, and you cannot tell me, looking to my face, that Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton is a worse third pair than last year's Jacob Bryson and Ilya Labushkin. Yeah. Like, if you tell me that to my face, I'm going to call you a liar. So, naturally, it is going to lead to better days when it comes to defensive hockey and helping alleviate all three of these goaltenders. Like, UPL still gives up the softy. Um, Eric Comrie still may just be Eric Comrie, but if they just get a smidgen better of goaltending than they got last year, they're a playoff team if things stay the same. If well, that's they, the thing I worry about. If they about. improve defensively, that's not the same. That's getting better goaltending through the product of your defense. True. The heat map did not tell a pretty picture. I'll say that. Um, maybe the goalies are going to have to put their work in. But, again, it's one game. Let's get ourselves a couple weeks sample before we really start evaluating this group and seeing what they can be from there. 8030551888552550. Sabres play the Islanders tonight. The Bills take on the Giants in Sunday night football. And a couple of old friends come back to Buffalo on the opposing side. And I'm going to tell you why Bills fans better be on their feet next here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.